0: Great form by you hitting play on this podcast. Now check out Same Racer, the brand new racing app for Same Race Multi Tips. Same Racer, download from the App Store and Google Play. Powered by Bluebet. Gamble responsibly. Call one 858 On eight eighty two six PR, inspiring stories for Barra and O'Day, WA's family-owned funeral directors.
1: Hello, my name is Tim McMillan. Welcome to another episode of Inspiring Stories, brought to you by Bower and O'Dave, doing ordinary things extraordinarily well. Uh, my next guest is uh, someone who, uh, who ticks just about every box when it comes to uh, doing extraordinary things uh, extraordinarily well. Uh, he is uh, uh, a Governor-General, a Governor of uh, Western Australia. i just add a general to your title there. Uh, Ken, but that's all right. You've got enough other titles. He's a a civil engineer, a lover of bridges, a former uh, commissioner of main roads, currently the chairman of the WACA. You oversaw the rebuild of uh, Yalupe after the bushfires. Uh, You're chancellor of UWA. The list goes on and on and on and on and on. So we'll try to get through as much as we can uh, the inspiring story of Ken Michael. Ken, thanks for coming in.
2: Thanks very much, Tim. It's a pleasure to be with you.
1: Yeah, look, we have got stacks to get through, but firstly, tell us about uh, your origins. Uh, you are of, of Greek ancestry, so I'm guessing your your name isn't officially Kent.
2: No, that's not my birth name. No. But, um, no, but I was born here. Yep. Um, parents both from uh, from Greece, from that, an island called Gastelorizal, which...
1: Sounds beautiful. Never been there? It sounds nice. <laughs> it is. It's a
2: beautiful island. And uh, many of the original Greeks uh, certainly came from that island. Yeah. And um, so when I was born, uh, my father and uh, mother chose the name Komnenos. Yeah. So my name is Komnenos, Michael, yeah. and registered as such. And the Komnenos is, is a very ancient Byzantine name. So hmm. it a, a quite a rich history. But it was my mother's. Father's name, so yes. i I've retained it. But I, I needed to uh, Anglicise it, well, I think just to make life a bit easier it. at school. I and imagine. So, uh, yes, no, that was part of the reason, and and uh, I was given the name Kenneth. And uh, I chose in later years to have my name uh, adapted by ch- um, change of name licence yep. to Kenneth Kominos Michael. So mm. I, I maintained the heritage all still that, in there that that, that goes yeah. with
1: it. Uh, how did your parents come to be in Perth? Well, what, what brought them out here, and, and why Perth? Why not say Melbourne or somewhere Well, they, or else all, in the world? obviously,
2: people from the various from the islands were going to, to different areas, and they they in fact, um, uh, you know, the island itself went through various cycles, and and um, I think the parents of the children felt that they should be. Starting a new life, and there were people here already. That, from my father's perspective, yep. and so he came out as I understand with, with an uncle. He came out as a as an uh, what was he? would have been a twelve year old boy. So your father was uh, only twelve. Twelve, when he, when but he, he came out um, in eighteen ninety five. Wow! And uh, from what I can gather, from the best we can make of the history that we do know. And um, uh, he, he certainly uh, had two. Fa- he, met, he had two families, yep. and, and uh, my mother came out later in nineteen thirty-five. Yep, and, and um, you know, she we were, there were eight of us in all as family. We're quite close. We've lost a number of them now, of course, and, and as, as it's known. And um, but very, very uh, difficult times that mm. we. For all of them, but you know there's nothing that I can recall missing out on or not having, yeah, but we lived in uh initially in northbridge yeah um uh, what right was northbridge like uh, back what was in, called, in those days well it wasn't it was i still remember it just as it was the address was Lake Street perth, yeah, That's where we lived, yeah, and um it was good it was um uh, pretty well much where the uh so the Greeks and Greek, Italians Greek, sort Greeks of really the Italians were there. set up there, didn't they? The Greeks mm. and Italians v- virtually occupied, I think, Lake Street, and we were Just, between Newcastle Street still and... Still kind of do it. in many ways. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it is. It's a lovely place. Yeah. I mean, yeah. it was very close, and we all, we all went to the various local schools. And, yeah. And um, so we grew up there. I was there in Lake, in Lake Street for about 19 years before my mother uh, took us along and we moved to Florida. Yeah. And, um, but so we had, we were there for quite a while Yeah, and the first Greek Orthodox church was established uh, near Russell Square, Mm. uh, Constantine and Helene. And so it was a bit of everything.
1: Ken, I know you lost your father when
2: you were quite young, about about eight years old. Do you have many memories of your dad? Some, not as many as I would like. I can still certainly remember being taken to certain places and, um. And being occupied, you know, being taken by him. But Dad, um, uh, you know, adopted this country, as did my mum and the others and from the beginning. And he um, became a British subject and then went on to enlist for the First World War.
1: Yeah. And, and it was there that he suffered injuries or he was, was affected by gas, yeah? By gas. And, and eventually led to his illness.
2: Yes, and he was disabled in the mm. – and his certificate shows that served with honour but disabled in the Great yep. War. And uh, he died when I was eight, yep. as, as you mentioned. And um, as a result – um myself, my brother and my sister became legacy wards it, for those that, that perhaps aren't familiar with
1: what that means to become a legacy ward, what does that actually mean well
2: it, it all came back to the World War one when a, a soldier remarked to a friend that not to worry, we will look after mm. the family and it really began it was the beginnings of of a group like legacy um that that gave that family environment. Aspect to, to um, to various uh, groups, you know, for children and up to the age of sixteen in those days, mm. and um, the idea was that uh, you, you know they, they they would bring things to you, they'd they look after you, you'd go to particular events. Uh, notwithstanding the fact that we had a close family and it worked well, this just took us that extra element beyond there. Yeah, but it also meant that. Um, we, as, as wards of such, and as having a, a father affected in that way, uh, we were also um, looked after by what was known as the Repatriation Department, now Veterans Affairs, and they provided facilities for us to get educated. Yeah. And as a result, um, we were able to, those of us that could, go to university and get a degree. And, and I'd have to say that it, was, it would be unlikely that that would have happened. <laughs>
1: Well, we have a lot to thank them for because obviously uh, you excelled uh, in that environment uh, because you've gone on to, uh, to you know to do extraordinary things. I, I'm, I'm curious to know about your, your love of bridges, <laughs> Ken, because I, I, you know you spent what more than three decades uh, at Main Roads, been, uh, several yes, years of those yes, as the commissioner. Yes, I, I, I heard or read once upon a time. Don't ask me where, but uh, that you got a Macano set once for <laughs> for Christmas or or your birthday as a child. Is that where your love of bridges started? Well, because obviously <laughs> kind of, in, you know, it involves a bit of assembly and, and a bit of engineering,
2: doesn't it? Somebody asked me this question the other day, and it turned out um, that, that there is a group in Perth, the Meccano Club. Oh,
1: Meccano's <laughs> hot again. Like the, I didn't yeah, realise It's I back in realize. vogue. Yeah. Well, the
2: Meccano set is, I always say, the forerunner to. Um, uh, that other system that is in place as well yeah and um, the little coloured bricks the, the yeah colours. yeah, and uh, so as a result um, and the interesting thing was um, I used to get a Meccano set every Christmas yeah from Legacy right and there's a connection there as well and that was due to my uh, sister who used to look, you know it was almost like, a, almost like a second mother to me uh, older than me from the first marriage and um and that Lego that Lego, I, <laughs> You've just said I it. I just said me. it now. <laughs> Try to be so careful. <laughs> and um but the Meccano set she selected and each year they'd upgrade it and bring me a new one. Yeah. And the Meccano set allowed me to to um to build things and the things I was attracted to in those days was were cranes and bridges. Yes. And I used to build bridges and cranes out of the Meccano there set. There you go. And um and many years later, I had the opportunity to do engineering, and 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 the part that I liked most, I think, in my course was structural engineering. Mm, yeah. And of course, um, I was given the opportunity to join Main Roads through through a lecturer, a friend as well of the family, and uh, also through Main Roads people themselves. And I was in, I was very fortunate to work with um, a, 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 my boss or Gilbert Marsh, who passed away a little while ago, and a wonderful mentor and, yeah. and, and uh, top bridge engineer. I couldn't mm-hmm. have asked for anyone better to guide me in that area. And my lecturer was another was happened to be Greek, and his name was George Hondras. <laughs> and um, he was a top structural lecturer in yeah. engineering. He, he did. He, he, I, I don't recall walking out of a... Uh, any lecture that he gave that I didn't understand, he yeah. explained it so well, and so I just got passionate from that, from those early days and um, building things and and creating bridges and I just just loved the way um, bridges had a had a position in. I space. can see your eyes glazing yeah. over. <laughs> um, yeah, they, they meant a lot, and I suppose it's interesting. I had the opportunity. I did bridges for many years and. And later on, I, I always said, oh, when I went into more management, I yeah. went into community activities. So yeah. the bridges that I was building then were more about connecting people yeah. and communities. Yeah.
1: And as we sit here, we can almost see the, the Matagarrot Bridge, um, <laughs> you know, bringing us right up to the to yes, the now. Absolutely. Um, our, our newest bridge, if you like, uh, in Perth. So your love of bridges, uh, well, has spanned a generations, hasn't it? Yeah, it has. It's been
2: uh, and I, and I ha, ha, have, did have a little bit of involvement in the, in the selection of that one as well. Yeah, so, yeah. So, um And, uh, and we after, finally got it after all those times. Oh, well, yes. Yeah, so, <laughs> uh, there were other, other issues that I'll leave for others yes, to talk about. Yes, we won't get into that. <laughs> but, but, uh, but nevertheless, it's, it's an elegant bridge. It's an iconic it, bridge. It has historical value. Yep. It links the communities together, brings the heritage aspects together, and when it's all complete and all the bits are left, mm. it will be a real landmark in this mm. place. I think it, uh,
1: it's well on its way, isn't it? Yes. Ken, we need to take a break. There's Thank stacks you. more to get to. Ken Michael is our special guest in this edition of WA's Inspiring Stories here on 882 6PR. Back with more in a
0: moment. You're listening to Inspiring Stories for Barra and O'Day, generations of excellence since 1888. You're listening to Inspiring Stories for Barra and O'Day, generations of excellence since 1888. Welcome back to Inspiring Stories. Ken Michael is
1: my special guest. Uh, Ken, we touched uh, briefly on your uh, time at Main Roads, but it has been a huge chunk of your professional life, hasn't it? 36 and a half years.
2: Something like uh, that, yes.
1: But who's counting at, at yeah. Main Roads? Uh, you obviously entered the organisation as a, as a fairly young man. Did you envisage staying there for so long when you first walked through the doors there?
2: No, I probably didn't. I was uh, I joined. It was my first job from graduation. Yeah, and uh, I thought that I'd be um, um, certainly learning a fair bit there, and I was looking forward to uh, being involved in in the bridge side and the attraction. I should have said was when I met uh, my bo- then boss, Gilbert Marsh. He was lecture. He lectured us at the uni just for as a as a. Specialist lecture. Yep, and that's when he talked about bridges, and that's probably when I really um, took a, a big liking to yeah. it as well. And um, you know, and so I had the chance through Main Roads, which was ism and, and certainly was a great organisation. Um, I had the chance to uh, you know do things that I probably may not have had the opportunity to do in other places because. Um, yeah, you know, Gilbert would allow you to apply your own talents and your yeah. own thoughts. What was? And, can I ask the, the Malcolm
1: Street Bridge? I know that uh, is a is a place that uh, holds special affection for you. What, what was it about the Malcolm Street Bridge?
2: Well, the Malcolm Street Bridge um, that formed part of the first bit of Mitchell Freeway that was built. Yeah. Uh, and um, in so this the is 60s. the bridge
1: at, from the top of st george's terrace George, yeah, over, over the top of over the, the top, top of near, the near, parliament near, near parliament house, house.
2: Yes. yes and that so i my when i was um, as i say first work for main roads the first year i was doing general things the second year i had the opportunity to work with some american consultants which they they brought in main roads brought in to do um, uh, the design of the this first stage of the Mitchell Freeway Mm. in front of Parliament House. Mm. The Narrows Bridge was already in place. The section of Kwinana Freeway to probably uh, Canning Highway was in place. Um, But the bit that connected the Narrows to the Mitchell Freeway was yet to happen. Mm. That was a major project in itself. But the first stage was building uh, this little section, including a few bridges like Hay Street and Murray Street, as well as Malcolm Street. Yeah. And I was given the job of uh, designing um, the Malcolm's. Not all of it. We did each had a part. So I, mm. I, I, was there, I was there to design part of the bridge, mm. but part of the team. So I was part of the team that mm. designed my, I suppose my first bridge. Your very first bridge. <laughs> 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 I can see you glazing over again. <laughs> and Ken, so that was what it was.
1: One of the things that people love to whinge about: weather and and traffic. When you you're so entrenched at Main Roads. You're the commissioner at Main Roads for, for six years. When people whinge about the traffic and the roads and the freeways not being wide enough and all of that, do you take personal offence to that? No. Or, or, or do you agree with them? Or
2: Well, I think in some cases it's, it, the congestion does happen. Yeah. I think the message I give to people is that, you know, um, if you provided enough space to have free flow all day, yeah, you would have so many roads and bridges that you really couldn't afford them, and mm. and and making better use of what you've got yep. is what it's about. Yep. So I think it's um, whether it's traffic signals or coordinated systems. In fact, I'm doing, I'm I'm looking after a or chairing a project steering group with Curtin at the moment, which is looking at tec- technology-enabled transport. Yeah. Right. Which is making better use of what you have using newer access to information through mobile phones yep. and through um, videos, through imaging mm. or whatever is mm. accessible. Well,
1: if you can help us to merge, Ken, then that might be your single <laughs> greatest contribution <laughs> but, to our but, I, I,
2: but if you look at it, it's, it's the peak periods will always be a difficulty. Yeah. However, as someone once told me, managing traffic is managing space and time. Yeah. And if you and go you have to, to you big, have to share big cities... It. Yeah, you know, really, it's not that bad. Here. It's not. We do pretty well here, yeah. considering. Yeah, but the, 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 the better use of public transport systems mm. and uh, accessibility, yep. and using different mechanisms to facilitate better movement, such as through traffic signals, the way they're doing it. at the moment, I think you're getting quite a mm. quite good movement through certain mm. areas. But you'll always get. There's some difficulty uh, here and there, particularly if there's an accident or yeah. if there's a breakdown. Yep. And uh, all I can say to people is that if you want to travel in peak period, there will always be the prospect That's of why delays. Peak hour. That's why it's called peak hour. <laughs> and you might want to consider using different times yes. of travel. Sound advice.
1: <laughs> uh, you were made a member of the Order of Australia in, in 1996, that uh, honour was upgraded. Uh, if you like, about 10 years later, you were made a a companion of the Order of Australia. How do those
2: sorts of honours sit with you? Oh, I'm very proud to receive them, but um, you know, it's it's all, never expected, Yeah, and I'm not just saying that as people people might think, but never expected because, you know, you don't do that, you don't do anything, as you all know, just to to get recognised in this way. You do it because you believe in what you do, and you want to make a difference, and uh, I believe um, uh, you know the honours I'm very proud of. In, but I share them, particularly um, with my wife, mm. a late wife, who who uh, the support she gave. It just wouldn't have been possible to mm. have done what I've done without that support, and um, and my family in general, mm. who have been great supporters and. Um, uh, give me the, uh, you know, the great efforts that they put into making sure that that they can join with me in doing mm. what I'd want to achieve, and so when you put that down, and then your own colleagues and people that you work with, it's 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 their recognition as well, because you you don't do things on your own; you do them as part of a team, mm. and so when you put it all together, um, you're sharing this this honour with other people. Mm. And, and I always acknowledge that even to this day and I continue to acknowledge it to other people as well. Yep. But you don't do anything without the support of special people. How, how, how did you meet your wife? Well, uh, I met her when we were 19. Yeah. Um, she, had, she was born here as well. Um, she lived not far from me in Northbridge. Yeah. We never met. Yeah, and when she was about eleven, I think um, about eleven, it would have been they went. Her parents moved over to Sydney for a period of about six years or so, and then came back. And it's then I met her through a, a a youth association. So she's of of Greek origins. Greek origin as well. Well, Her her, her name was Julie. That would have gone down well with the family then, I imagine. Oh yeah. Yes. (laughs) But Julie Kalif was her name, and um, uh, she. Um, again, um, uh, followed various techniques, you know, various practices and religions and customs that we all practice. But we, uh, that wasn't, you know, we just happened to meet at a Hellenic Youth Association function and um, remained together Mm. until her passing. Yeah. So that was uh, quite a while. Yeah, you clocked up a few years together. Well, we got married. We got married and went to... um, uh, I had the chance to go and study at Imperial College in London, engineering. Yep. Yep. And uh, so, again, she supported me. Yep. We got married, went across. Three and a half years later, we came back and continued my work with Main Roads Yeah. And, um, and had full support from her all the way. Yep. Um,
1: becoming Chancellor of the University of Western Australia, I mean, that, that, that in itself is another that very few people get to say that they've done. Uh, how did that come about? Obviously, you're a graduate of, of UWA, but uh, how, did, how does that process work where you well, are invited to fill that position? Because it is a, a prestigious title in this town.
2: Well, I'm, I'm, again, very, very proud of it. I must admit, that's one that Julie used to always say how special it was to her, and she supported me. I think she missed one graduation ceremony. There you are. She used to come along and support yep. me in that as well. But... Um, the, uh, I I was elected onto the Senate through convocation uh, um, of the university. I became pro chancellor, which is effectively the deputy chancellor, and then um, uh, I found out that I my name came forward through the Senate to be elected as uh, chancellor. I got a phone call to tell me uh, that, I'd, that that had happened, and I was. It was an easy I'd, yes. It was a very easy year. <laughs> I was so thrilled with it. It's um, and not you know we've got some great universities here, and and to be in, involved with one of them as closely as I was, yeah, was a real honour. And um, mm. I just found it, um, it made such a difference to my enjoyment not only of what I did and what I and, uh, uh, what I could do, but the value it added to the experience that I had in other areas and the greater value of community that kept mm. coming forward through all these areas and community mm. was very special to me and both Julie and I were very keen on mm. supporting different groups and, mm. and providing support in the best pay- way we could have.
1: Ken Michael is our special guest in this edition of Inspiring Stories. We need to uh, take a break, Ken, but uh, after that, we haven't even t- touched on sport yet because I know you're a, a massive uh, cricket fan, lifelong cricket fan, and you've been heavily involved with the with the Fremantle Dockers over the years as well. You were also uh, our Governor of Western Australia for a period of time as well. So we've got heaps more to get through, Ken. That's
0: all coming up after a break right here on 882 6PR. You're listening to another edition of Inspiring Stories on 882 6PR for Barra and O'Day, WA's family-owned funeral directors. This is Inspiring Stories with Tim McMillan on 882 6PR. Brought to you by Barra and O'Day, and we are here in the inspiring
1: story of Ken Michael, who was also our thirtieth governor of Western Australia. And, and, and am I right in saying, Ken, that you were our first uh, of Greek ancestry?
2: Yeah. Well, thank you again. Probably
1: first and only.
2: Uh, well, because I don't uh, think it would have f- been one since. No, no. Well, I was fortunate to be to be, um, as I understand it, the first. Yes. Yeah. Could I, how does that? How does that come about
1: when you when you get the call up? And we were talking about the call up for being Chancellor of UWA, but <laughs> the, the the to become the Governor of Western Australia. Uh, Jeff Gallup would have been the Premier at the time. Yeah, he yes? was. He was. Yeah. Well,
2: um, Jeff Jeff's a wonderful person, and and uh, I must admit, I did get a phone call from him. Yeah, I think. At the moment, the system is that, you know, the Premier makes the selection. Yes. uh, No doubt he consults and does other things. I'm I'm not aware of the process. It came completely out of the blue and when I say the others were a surprise, this was just not... You wouldn't even think of... Mm. It doesn't, you know... How could you consider Mm. taking, you know, being considered for a role like that? At least I couldn't. And uh, I got a call in... And he wanted to see me. And you had no idea what it was about. No, no. He just said he had something to raise. And, um,
1: and so, what were you doing at the time then? Well, go, I, I imagine I, your mind would have been ticking. Go, what would Jeff Gallup want want to call me to his office for? Well, I remember my
2: wife turned around and said to me, "It's time you decided you might stop working and it's time to retire." She, said, <laughs> so you
1: she thought, thought he this. might have been giving her a tap on so, the shoulder. So,
2: he, she, she, time to smell the roses, if I remember, she's, was her expression and because um, uh, I I'd retired as, from Main Rose as yep. commissioner and, and I uh, was doing consulting work yep. which I enjoyed again engineering consulting in management mainly and and uh, and he said he, and I said okay I'll ring your office and make an appointment tomorrow he says I want to come now or yeah. your place I said oh well that's very yeah and, and I, I was very surprised and then he came and he just asked me to take on the role. And I said, I'm very honoured, but it would depend on yeah. what Julie thinks. And um, so he, I, Julie wasn't there when I was asked. So she was called in. She came in and sat in on the, no, on the only, meeting? Or, no, no, only, yeah, she... Or, or afterwards. No, yeah. after I'd been asked. Yes. And, um, and so I brought her down and Jeff mentioned it to her. And What was her reaction? Well, that said, I, I, I was. She turned around and said, "How can we say no?"
1: Well, that's a fair answer.
2: No. <laughs> that was as.
1: So did you say yes? An and I said then yes, and there to. to yes, the
2: there. Yes, then and there. And, yeah. and then it was a couple of months later. It was. Yeah. It was announced.
1: So we're talking about around about
2: two thousand and five. Well, it was two thousand and five. Yeah. In fact, it was. My wife will tell you. 5th of the 5th, 2005. There you go. 5th of May. Yeah. Yeah. And then on uh, what is called WA Day now, it was announced.
1: Yeah. How did you find living in the governor's residence right in the city centre there?
2: Oh, first of all, it was a privilege to have the role and and, um, the opportunity to not only do the formal side of of things, such as the the ceremonial as well as the constitutional and... and, and, um, promotional aspects that you get to do but it also allowed you to connect with the community mm. and um, we had a an overarching statement that we used to use as the role that we had and that's our objective is to add value to community mm. and um, so we went out to the communities right to the remote areas and, um, and learnt and heard what people were saying and and that information just made a difference.
1: Was it what you expected, the job?
2: Um, no, no. I think it was a, a lot more involved than I thought it would be. Um, but it was. Um, uh, it gave us the opportunity to not only work with the premier of the day and, and, and the ministers, uh, but also to work with uh, the opportunities of uh, uh, engaging with different groups mm. of people. Uh, being patron of up, you know, 150 to 200 groups. Um, and both Julie and I had a, a shared some of those. And um, it went, um, it, it, it was quite an honour. Yeah. And we uh, uh, enjoyed living there. And uh, again, you know, everybody's discreet and we're able to live there very quietly. Yeah. And uh, enjoyed the staff. The staff at me. Did you miss your old house though when you were when oh, you were there? Oh yes you, you do. do. Yeah.
1: Because yeah. yeah. you get but, used yeah. to the you know, being in that space over a yeah. period of time, don't you?
2: Well, it was it was um it was true and well the beauty about it is that um you can you it was a job that you were going to do for a certain period of time. Yeah, yeah. So you wanted to do the best you could. Yeah. So you got so absorbed in the job, you didn't really yeah. think of too much else. Yeah. And if you had opportunities to do things for different groups of people, uh, there was an opportunity to do so, and we took mm. that opportunity. Mm. Um,
1: obviously, when you take on that role, you've got to give away a lot of your other work, particularly uh, you know if it's in the private sector. Um, was that a, a a big ask for you you mentioned you were doing some consultancy work no, I just, um cutting cutting ties to that
2: no i just closed everything down on that yeah. so i just everything i was involved with mm. and i was given a bit of time to do that so um the f- governor before me john sanderson was due to finish in october or so mm. and so and i didn't get sworn in until the january yeah. yeah so i had time to Close off all the other matters and and uh, closed everything down yep. and just concentrated on one aspect and that was to do with uh, and of course that included I was still Chancellor at the time mm. as well mm. and um, so of UWA so I needed to wrap um, that up wrap that up as well yep. Yep. and so we've managed to do all of that and, uh, as best we can and uh, and then had the great and I consider it a great honour and privilege to represent the people of this, uh, yeah. this
1: state. There's been some amount of uh, of, of controversy made of, of Kim Beasley's appointment, only for the fact that he's uh, he's on the record historically as being uh, a Republican rather than a, a monarchist. And I suppose in an official sense as the governor, you are representative there uh, of the Queen, aren't you? Um where do you stand on that? Were you a, a one way or the other? Were you a, a staunch well, monarchist or Republican at all? If, no, I, can, no, if I can ask that no. <laughs> potentially controversial question, question, Ken.
2: Well, the answer, I, I was asked that while I was in, in the position as well. Yeah. And my answer, and it would be now, whatever the case may be, um, it's up to the people. Yeah. And it's up to the people to be able to decide Mm. what what they should be and they will get that opportunity no doubt one day yeah and um, I had my views on how maybe the selection process should work and other things like that mm. uh, but uh, not to the extent whether you're a monarchist or a republican mm. um, I I uh, I I believe the way we've been operating and if you look at it we've had governors uh, in recent times which have all been Australians mm. And uh, so we've actually been operating mm. un- under that under that uh, principle in any case, mm. and and I've uh, you know you do represent the Queen because you because uh, she signs off on your appointment, mm. so and so you end up with uh, that aspect. And both Julie and I had the opportunity to mm. meet her. Yeah, what was in, that like? Oh, it was just wonderful. Was that in, over there in, in Buckingham Palace? Yeah. Yes. Yeah, and just just a short period. It must have been a surreal moment, though. Yeah. Oh, it was brilliant. She's just a beautiful person, and and uh, we just loved being there. And, yeah, and uh, very accommodating, very gentle. Very. Did you get to have a,
1: have an actual conversation and, yes. and a chat with her? Do you remember we what you talked about
2: just Julie and I and herself? Yeah. together for you know for a short period. Yeah, and um, and we just had talked about things and yeah and chatted and um, no she was. And she knew sort of, exactly, I'm sorry, small talk or important oh, things? No, or, no, no, Well, you know, generally, generally. Geopolitics. Or <laughs> no, no, we talked about some of the roles and yeah. some of the things, but nothing, nothing of significant. Yeah, yeah. Very polite. It was polite. very much, very much um, you know, conversational yeah. uh, topics. It was only for yeah. a short period. But the beauty was that she was very accommodating, yeah. very pleasant, yeah. and certainly appreciated and understood and was familiar with with um, you know your positions, and yep. so she knew all about it. she yep. was quite yep. quite uh, quite a person. Pretty pretty savvy, pretty switched. Ah, oh, very switched yep. on, and yep. uh, you know, and I, um, uh, I would say that when the time comes that w- we make a decision, one, you know, for uh, another situation, I think as long as we don't, you know, lose the elements of parliamentary democracy that we have. Yeah, uh, because I've, whatever we may say and whatever we may think, particularly in today's terms, mm. it served us well over the many, many years. Mm. We need to talk about your current uh,
1: role, uh, chairman of the WACA, because uh, there's a bit to get through there, and also your long-standing association with the Fremantle Football Club uh, as well, Ken. That's uh, all ahead. We're going to take a break, though. This is uh, inspiring stories here on eight eighty two six PR uh, with Ken Michael. Back with more in a moment.
0: You're listening to another edition of Inspiring Stories on 882 6PR for Barra and O'Day, WA's family-owned funeral directors. This is Inspiring Stories with Tim McMillan on 882 6PR, brought to you by Barra and O'Day.
1: Ken Michael AC is our special guest and Ken Michael Wacker Chairman uh, is your current title. Uh, you took over that role from Dennis Silly, what, 2016? Uh, well... Uh, how are you going?
2: Well, just for... Dennis was president. Yes. And, and you, 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 and were, you I, assumed I
1: was, both roles for a while, didn't you? Well, I became... Well,
2: pre- I was... You know, um, after Dennis resigned, I became president. Yes. Uh, f- 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 and uh, and then um, our chair moved to the east. Yep. Lachlan Henderson. And, uh, and I became chairman as well. Yes. But in the recent election on the constitution, the position of president no longer applies. Yep. Um, and so I'm straight chair at the moment. Straight chair. Yeah. And, um, but, you know, I've, I've said, and you must be thinking, you might think that I keep saying these things. I was surprised to be taken on these other roles that you mentioned. Well, you couldn't be more surprised than me in taking being seen as chair of the uh, of of the uh, wacker, which I was privileged and proud to, to take on. I must say, mm. uh, I'm absolutely. I'm afraid to say I'm a cricket tragic. Yes, no question about that. Yeah, and do I play good? Did I ever play cricket? Yes, I did play yeah. cricket. Did I play very well? No, I didn't play very <laughs> well. But but I loved it to the extent that I, I just love the. Structure of cricket, yeah. the way it—I don't care that it goes on for four days. Oh, you know, I I'd watch love it, it, I'd, I'd watch love it to sit day.
1: down for seven days and watch because I watch the long.
2: techniques between the yeah. players. Yeah, yeah. And You're I'm not school. talking about some of the incidents. I'm not going to even go there for that. But if I look at the situations of what it represents and the teamwork it, it represents and the uniqueness mm. of of the positions that you have within mm. it then you couldn't get a better example of management or anything mm. else that you want to mm. do in, in having a clear focus, mm. clear values, and clear achievements of what you want yeah. to make this to be. And cricket brings that together beautifully for well,
1: me. Given that uh, you are a lover of uh, the, the, the longer format uh, of cricket then yes. Ken, it, we are Jewish at Field Shield. Can you bring W A Sheffield Shield this coming season? Oh, we that's to, your challenge. Well, that's.
2: You know, <laughs> I'm always very positive about those aspects. Good to hear. And um, you know, we've we've got had some great cricketers. We yeah. still have, and I just think it's it's a game that um, is is leading. It really is a leading sport mm. in this country, mm. and it will continue to be so. And and it does it because of the manner in which it's all brought together and the way all the states mm. work together and the way Cricket Australia uh, facilitates many of these things. So we have a great opportunity to mm. go from strength to strength and I think um, the different types of games that are available to appeal to different groups of people is really making a difference. Mm. And the WACA itself is the home of cricket mm. in Western Australia remaining so. Yep. It's a community destination to bring... People is it there.
1: A, can I ask, is it, is it a little bit of a bittersweet moment then to, to see some of those bigger games move to Optus Stadium away from, as you put it, the well, home of cricket? Well, it, 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 it is bittersweet in that sense, but reality is
2: reality in the sense that, you know, we've shown already what can happen. You can fill a stadium yeah, um, like that. And the question is, how can you utilise both venues mm. in a complementary way? To bring the best out of it in, mm-hmm. in all respects, and some of that will be at the old, at the new stadium, and others will be at, at at the at the WACA. And but the beautiful thing is that at the home of cricket in w- Western Australia, we can bring in all elements of cricket from the very young yep. to the elite, and we can make it available to other groups of people, sporting yep. facilities as well, with having the particular areas that mm-hmm. we've got. So we can really create an atmosphere at the Wacker yep. that will facilitate the future of cricket yep. beautifully, and uh, and then sharing that space with um, the new stadium and 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 the Wacker is all about getting greater benefits. As, yep. as Christina Matthews always says, a CEO, you know, we've got one membership, two venues. Yes, nicely put. And one final quick. You know,
1: short, sharp answer. Before we move on quickly to to footy, because we are running out of time. Your favourite WA cricketer of all time? Don Bradman. <laughs>
2: he's a South Australian. South but Australian, but uh, yeah. But for me, he's, he, yeah. he's he, There's very few that can, um, uh, you know, I think yeah. uh, would, would argue against me. WA cricketer, know, but the WA cricketer. There's so many of them. Yeah. Okay. I, well, I won't name them because
1: yeah, I can we'll be here. We'll be here for, here for, be here for, for, for another maybe. hour.
2: Um, But I have to say, we're very fortunate to have people like Justin Langer going on to be head coach of the Australian team with the strong values he holds. Very
1: quickly, the Fremantle Dockers. I know you've been a patron of the Dockers uh, for some time. You were uh, a very early member uh, of the Fremantle Dockers. Uh, Obviously, they've had a a difficult couple of years. Your your passion for the Dockers remains strong?
2: Remains very strong. I've still got every faith in them, and I still believe... It's going to happen. Yes. So we're just, with time, the Dockers are are really building up to something that's going to really amaze us next year.
1: Are the Dockers going to win a premiership before WA wins the Sheffield Shield again? What's going to come first? They're going to come together. (laughs) And on that note, I think we have to wrap things up because the sirens just sounded. Stumps have been called. We have to finish up. But, Ken, thank you very much for coming in and sharing your story. Uh, there's so much more we could get through. Well, we'll, um, we'll have to rely on you to write a book one day.
2: Thank you very much, uh, Tim, and, and I
1: appreciate being yeah. asked to be part of it. And uh, all you. the best with the upcoming season. Uh,
2: thank you so with much. The,
1: with the wacker and all forms of cricket.
2: Thank you so much.
1: This is the inspiring story of Ken Michael uh, here on eight eighty two six PR. Everyone has a story to tell. This one has been brought to you by Bauer and O'Day. We look forward to you joining us again next time as we unearth another WA-inspiring story.
0: Life's so full on. I've been working on this deck for ages. These steaks don't cook themselves, you know. Life's good with a Trex deck. Composite decking made from 95% recycled materials that won't rot, stain or fade. Trex, the world's number one decking brand.